I want to just take a few minutes right now to reflect just a little bit on what transpired this past Friday, the moment of this recording, this past Shisham Purim, when Klal Yisrael, and really the world at large, lost the single greatest living Talmud Chacham, the greatest Gadol Batorah of our generation, Rav Shmario Yosef Chaim Ben Harav Yaakov Yisrael Kanievsky Zecher Tzadik L'Kadosh Lavracha. Now, I'm not one who is worthy to be masbid, to give a eulogy for the Sarha Torah. And that's not exactly what I'm about to do now. But on the contrary, that's the point that I'm really trying to make. And the reason why we should listen for the next few minutes is to understand that point. Namely, that we actually are not able to be masbid to speak about and quantify and qualify who this Gadol Batara was. We can't appreciate, we have no hasaga, no concept of who Rav Chaim Kanievsky was. Even if you had the schos to see him in his lifetime, in your lifetime, Baruch Shem, I had the schos to see him twice in my life, and they were very powerful moments, and even to receive the buha, the signature bracha that Rav Chaim would give. But we actually do not have a concept of what was lost. Because we do not have a concept, we don't know what it looks like. We can, you may see a picture of Rav Chaim Kanievsky, you may see a snippet of a video, but we actually don't have an actual concept of what it means to live a day fully immersed, fully engrossed in the Torah Hashem, undisturbed Torah learning for the hours upon hours that he was engaged in that process, all the while serving Klai Yisrael, not just holding up the entire universe with his Torah learning, but addressing the Shilas of Klai Yisrael, the letters that came to him, the, the people that came to him, the questions that were bigger, the questions that were smaller, to open his home to Klal Yisrael so that they can ask those questions to him or just receive a bracha, combining Torah with chesed, the Torah's chesed. We don't actually have a concept of that. Not just the fact that he was a guddle, right? That's just a label that we put on people that that we associate with being Talmidei Chachamim and being very, very special in that area. We're not just talking about a great rabbi. We're talking about a knowledge base, not just a knowledge base, a mass of Kul Tarakula, the knowledge of all of Shas, all of Midrashim, all of Zohar, all of Tanakh, of course, knowing everything and more. And not just the knowledge base, but the constant Hasmada and the Chazara of all of that knowledge. And we're, we're, we're very excited when we finish Asefer, Al-Masechta. You learn something new that you didn't know before, and you made it to the end of the book, and all of a sudden... 
you know, we're, we're, you know, we're on top of the world, and it's certainly an accomplishment, but consider not just learning it and then forgetting it, but learning it, maintaining it forever, and then coming back to it again and again, and never stopping the process of your learning, being completely involved in it all the time, and revisiting, and being a common acquaintance with the Torah learning that you engage in, and having it all under your belt constantly, and then still being there for Klal Yisrael. We don't have a concept of that. It's a loss that is just too unfathomable. A loss that we would argue is too great to bear, simply from the standpoint that we don't have the concept of what was lost. You know, we can describe it, but we don't actually feel it. And you might not feel the brokenness of it, and that's that you know that that that's part of how so far removed we are from this Sarah Torah. With a loss that's so unfathomable, with a void of that Torah knowledge and that Torah hasmada, that preoccupation in Torah that's constantly been happening up until his passing day. The new Svarim coming out, the acquirement of Kal Tarakula, then the void and the responsibility for us is just as much unfathomable. And a eulogy doesn't cut it. A reflection can help, but the real question is, what is next? What's the responsibility for Klai Yisrael now? This unfathomable responsibility, if there's something that we can do with it, because to, to, to fill the void, that, that, that appears to be too overwhelming and too out of reach. And the question then is, how do we go on? Are there are a lot of questions that you can ask in a world without Rav Chaim Kanievsky. I think there are a lot of wrong questions you can ask. Um, you know, like, who's going to be the next Gadol Hador? Right? It's, it's not like, you know, Gadol Hador is just a crown that we put on the, the, the currently greatest, you know, living Talmud Chacham of the time. It's like, yes, that's what Rav Chaim Kanievsky was, but that's like that, that, that's a default title for just, ha- just currently being the top at the time. But, we're, but yeah, like understanding his grasp on Kala and his friendship with Kala his relationship with Kala like it's, you know, it's, it's not just you know, being the top. It's outdoing yourself while being the top. We, you know, we, we just you know we can't even talk about that. It's the wrong question to ask. Who's going to be the next Godot Hador? The right question is what What do we do? What's the avod of Klai Saw right now in a world without Rav Chaim Kanievsky? What can we do to somehow pick up the slack? Because once again, the void is just so great. And if I can just take a, a couple of ideas that I heard recently, not with any uh, particular permission from different Rabbanim to, to share. There were a lot of Hespedim, um, if not from the actual Leviah of the Gadol, um, from, from other Rabbanim who spoke about him. A couple of ideas I can share. Um, a little bit from my, my, my Rabbi Rav Yonason Sachs, who, in his own right, has a concept of Kula that I only, you know, I only yearn to be able to appreciate 
properly. And so that one day, maybe maybe one day to, to attain a sizable portion of such of such Torah acquirement. But he you know he, he spoke about some of the different inspiring things about Rav Chaim Kanievsky among the larger than life Godol that he was. But he uh, my my Rebbe likes to speak about Rav Elazar ben Herkinus, who in Pirkevos was, was described as a Borsuch Enam Abe Tipa. He was a he was a cistern that didn't lose a drop. You might call that a photographic memory. And my Rebbe likes to pair this Maimer Chazal with a different Maimer Chazal in Sukkah about Rav Lazar ben Herkinus, where the Gemara tells us that Rav Lazar ben Herkinus was always the first into the base Medrash. No one ever preceded him to the base Medrash. Why does the mission of Pirkeavos tell us that he was a cistern that didn't lose a drop, that he had this photographic memory? Maybe that he chazered. But well, what's the point of the Mishnah? The Mishnah is trying to tell us Moser. It's trying to give us a hanhag of how to live. How do you reach such a point? And so my Rebbe says, look at the Gemara. My Rebbe wanted to argue that that which is recorded in the Gemara took place first. It wasn't just that Rev. Lesben Herkinus was gifted to be someone with a photographic memory that he wouldn't lose any of his Torah, but no one proceeded into the base Medrash. He made the effort to be there. He made the effort to attain the level. And then, with his hasmada, with his chazar, he was able to acquire kol terakula and not, not, not lose a, dro- a drop of it. And a separate discussion, I would say the same could be said for my Rebbe Rebbe and Sachs, but this is how my Rebbe wanted to describe the Sarah Torah. And once again, when, you, when you're talking about a Sinai and an Oker Harim. Sinai, someone who has all of the Torah within him, all of the Bikiyas, the the breadth of Torah, and then of course the depth of Torah, the Be'iun, the Oker Harim, the, the ability of not just knowing the Torah, but coming up with the Svaras to answer the questions, to really understand the different aspects of this mass we call the Torah. So again, makes you wonder, you know, what's next for us? So what I've heard some say is that one perhaps comforting thing that we can take from the loss is the the, the idea that which we find from Chazal. In this week's Parsha, we find it with Parshas Para. Right at the moment of this recording, this coming week, Parsha Shemini is also Parshas Para. And in Parshas Para, we talk about the Para Aduma, which is mentioned in connection to the Misa, the death of Miriam Hanaviah. We find also in Parshas Chukas, the Big Day Kahuna are mentioned next to Arna Cohen and his passing. And we learn that just like the Para Aduma creates Kapara, creates atonement, and just like the Big Day Kahuna, they serve to provide a Kapara, to provide an atonement for Klal Yisrael, so does Misas and Shal Tzadikim. The death of the tzaddik. The greatest act of Mesiris Nefesh of a tzaddik is to pass from this world. And the truth is, it's not, it's not really, we think of it as a Christian concept, the concept of a person dying for someone else's sins. It's truth, it's, truthfully, it's not, it's not a Christian-born concept. It is a Jewish concept. Obviously, we believe it in a, in a different way, different context, different manifestation. 
But if there's one comforting thing, it's perhaps the fact that we just received a major kapara by losing literally the top. Um, you know, if we can call him the Moshe Rabbeinu of our times. And, you know, uh, not to minimize the passing of the Gadol, but Klai Yisrael had lived in a time with Moshe Rabbeinu, and they lived in a time without Moshe Rabbeinu. And the same could be said for the Vilna Gon and the, and the Chafetz Chaim and the Chazonish. Klai Yisrael went through a Tukufa where they had all of these incredible Gaonim, these, these Gadolei Torah. We, 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 there's a time with the Vilna and there's a time where we don't have the Vilna anymore. There's a time where we have the Stipler Gon, or Yaakov Yisrael Kanievsky. And then there's a time without him. And so the, the point is that there is something to do next. We do have to move on. We'll, we'll accept the Kapara that Hashem has granted us, take the Kapara for what it is, and then just keep going. So what are areas that we could work on? So there's some obvious areas. When we think about the regimen of, of Rav Chaim Kanievsky, this, um, you know, this is one, this is one Nikuda pointed out by Rabbi Moshe Shrek um, of Hebis Medrash Torah. The idea of, if you think about the, the schedule, the regimen, which has been now been posted everywhere from Rav Chaim Kanievsky, right? and like not, I'm not necessarily sharing any any incredible chidushim, but just to understand what his schedule was and the way my Rebbe put it, if it wasted even an extra few seconds when you could say an abbreviation, when you can say buha instead of bracha v'hatzlacha, if it meant accomplishing the same thing, giving the same bracha, but doing it in a shorter way so that you can move on to the next person so that you can get back to your Torah learning and still accomplish and juggle all the things they need to do, so he had a particular time that he would be masader his learning. The different chalakim, he had it divided, he had it apportioned. At this hour he was learning this, at this hour he was learning that. Whether it was eight dafim of Bavli, eight dafim of Yerushalmi, um, or, or, or however many pages of Zohar. Whatever it was he was accomplishing in that time, considering all the, you know, the, the siyumim that, that Rav Chaim Kanievsky would make every single year, on, on Erev Pesach for his Tainus Bechorim. So, the, 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 the point is that he had a regimen. And his Hasmada, the consistency in his Torah learning, is something that we can learn from. If not to do the exact same thing that Rav Chaim was doing, because who can possibly do that? And I'm not, this is not to dissuade anyone. If you think you're the person, Klai Yisrael needs it, so do it. And, you know, whoever, whoever can... You know, me Allah Bahar Hashem. You know, if 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 you think you're ready, like to don't 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 hesitate. Just do it. Just you know, just go go for it. But at the very least, to be so careful with our hasmada, to to not measure, as my Rabbi Rabbi Sack says, we don't measure hasmada and bittel Torah necessarily per se in terms of of hours in the day or days in the week or weeks in the Zman, but to measure Hasmada and Bittal Torah in terms of minutes and seconds. How many minutes do we waste scrolling, scrolling through the news feed, or the news, or WhatsApp, or whatever it may be? And if you're going to be spending time on that, put a timer on. 
see how much time is wasted, or at the very least, schedule. This is the time that I'm doing this. And that another time, I'll be learning a Mishnah here, a Mishnah there, a parak of Tehillim there, whatever it may be. So to, to consider, just in terms of our Hasmada and our Bittal Torah, measuring the time, measuring minutes, measuring seconds, where we're able to. So that's one particular thing we can take. Because certainly the loss of Torah knowledge, Torah scholarship, and engagement in that Torah is something that's very, very, very heavy for us. But another thing perhaps that we can work on, especially if we're not moved enough by the loss and especially an area that has suffered a lot over the past couple of years, is Kavura Torah. The humility, the reverence that we have to have when we think about people who devote their lives to Torah. There is so much, even about the Gadol himself, that has been said, that has been said in haste, in a brazen fashion, Certainly in, an, in a way that does not hold any level of humility. And we're quick to say it because either for some reason we think we know better, we think that this news article that we read for some reason knows better, and we think that there, there, there are certain things that the, that the Gadol, as great as he was, he, 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 didn't, he didn't know or he, he wasn't aware. And... My point, at, you know, in this particular, in this particular phase of the discussion of the reflection, is not to determine or decide what he, you know, what the Gadol Batara was aware of, wasn't aware of. But it's a matter of the reverence that was completely lost, especially especially during COVID. There was reverence that was lost for Gadolei Torah everywhere, and no, no, no less the Gadol Torah, the Gadol Hador. And the, you know, this is not this is it's not a question about rabbinic fallibility or infallibility, but the question of having a clear or not clear understanding of who these people were, these people that we talk about so freely. We've spoken in the podcast just about how we talk about the Avos, the Tanoim, the Amorayim. Certainly, if we have a window into such levels in our time, if we're Zoha to have a Rav Chaim Kanievsky, one of the most inspiring things that my Rebbe pointed out was that even though you can learn the Torah of the Vilna Gon, and you can see the words that the Vilna Gon said, but we don't really know who the Vilna Gon was, at least we don't know even if you have a picture of what he might have looked like, but we don't really have the same window that we're provided with Rav Chaim. And I'm again arguing that we even don't know Rav Chaim. But to be able to see pictures, to hear stories, and real-life footage, to get a glimpse, to see that it exists in our time, or that it at least existed, and that there's somewhat, you know, that, that, that now the... It's it's out. It's for the taking at this point. But the kavod Torah that was lost is something that 
we can we can certainly restore the humility to say that this was someone who was well beyond me the humility for us to be able to say that I don't have a hasaga I'm not one to speak I'll just keep learning Torah and keep doing my best and when Klaisrael needs me if they ever need me they and they ask me for my opinion then I'll give it to them but that's that, that's I think what's absolutely necessary now anyway I, could, I, I didn't think I could proceed with any other Torah topics or any other of my series on the podcast without first reflecting on this incredible loss and as, some, as someone that has at least uh, the, the size of the following that I have I, I thought it would be absolutely inappropriate for me not to say something but again to reiterate that we, we you know we and I assume anyone listening you know we're, 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 we're not the people that can qualify, quantify who Rav Chaim was, but all we can do is reflect, think about the little thing that we want to work on, whatever that might be, whether it's in our Hasmada, to our Torah study, if it's in our measurements of, of Bittal Torah, our appreciation of Kavod Torah, whatever it may be, but to just understand that Klai Yisrael is in, is in a very desperate place now and whatever, you know, if, 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 we're at, you know, if we are at the Ekvasa de Mashiach and getting even closer, then to think about how we could be proactive participants in that process and not bystanders, to do whatever we can to hold up the universe, at least to put our chilek into holding up the universe, um, if, if Rav Chaim was doing his. So whatever it is, for us to do the part that we were born to do. So we should be Zoha to do that avoda, to, to move on with the avoda that is befitting to us whatever that may be. And then we should be Zoha to the Geula Shlema Merabi Meinu.